0: Love is the absence of otherness. Consciousness is the absence of separation. Same thing. Awareness is the understanding there's only one of us here. All the same thing, there is no other. Beyond politics and above religion, a moral authority exists known globally as the ageless wisdom. It's the study of consciousness, the mystery of awareness, which cannot be measured yet will not be denied. This podcast from Michael Benner's Wisdom of the Soul class features weekly lessons in metaphysics, mysticism, and esoteric philosophy. Those who attend live and free of charge on Zoom may also participate in group meditation and Q&A. Register for our newsletter at michaelbenner.com. Welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School with Michael Benner. Good morning, and welcome to today's episode of Wisdom of the Soul, brought to you by the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. I'm Michael Benner. And really appreciate you joining us whenever you can live Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. California time, West Coast time. If not, you can find us posted as a video, the complete class every week on our YouTube channel, Ageless Wisdom Mystery School in YouTube. And the uh, audio track was also posted as a podcast though we do edit out the, uh, the meditation in the Q&A. So you end up with about 35 minutes, plus or minus a few, in the audio podcast. And that's available on all players, wherever you get your audio podcasts. I haven't mentioned in a few months that this class is absolutely free, always has been, always will be absolutely free. However, if you're so inclined to make a donation to help defray the internet costs, which are significant, uh, there's a little button, a donate button, where you can do that at wisdomofthesoul.school. No.com, no.org, no.net, just wisdomofthesoul.school, S-C-H-O-O-L. And we appreciate that. Today, we're going to talk about self love and talk about it in depth in a way that uh, really transcends psychology and is in keeping with our interest in transpersonal psychology or spirituality, metaphysics, if you wish, the study of consciousness. One of the very important breakthroughs in studying metaphysics, mysticism, esoteric philosophy is to find the equivalence between the word consciousness, the understanding that awareness is essentially a synonym for consciousness and that love in again, the metaphysical or spiritual context is the same thing as consciousness. Love is consciousness. This is a stretch until it really begins to resonate for you. It's like, wait a minute, I thought love was an emotion. Well, even psychologists and sociologists are quick in their agreement that love is not an emotion in psychology love is seen as a drive the basic emotions as we've described before are depending on the model that you settle on either four or six in number happiness sadness anger and fear and then there are those who say well there's really six basic emotions they would add surprise and disgust. And radiating out from those four or those six are scores of others. And there is a wheel. am not sure it has a name if the founder or innovator of that emotional wheel uh, put his or her name on it. I just know it is the emotional wheel. But you could probably Google that and find, I have a chart here somewhere of these concentric circles and how emotional feelings, again, there's hundreds really of words that describe emotional feelings, all of them variants of uh, happiness, sadness, anger, fear, and maybe surprise and disgust. Well, where's love fit into that? I guess happiness is the emotional quality of love. But love has many qualities. And self-love, which is really what I wanna to emphasize today, is kind of an intermediary step between typical self-loathing and true self-awareness. Self-love is egoic in nature. And it's why we tend to resist loving ourselves because, as I said in this week's newsletter, it feels sort of uh, self-centered, selfish to love yourself. Um, It feels immodest, maybe even arrogant. And nobody likes arrogant people, you know, people with a big ego. You'd, You'd have to have a big ego to love yourself. No, not at all. Not once you fully come to understand the nature of self-love, again, not as an emotion and much more than a feeling of, of happiness or peace, uh, contentment, even fulfillment, it's certainly better than self-loathing. And many of us suffer. I would say all of us have, at times in our lives, suffered from self-loathing from fears of inadequacy that reach into a certain level of certainty of uh, how inadequate we are. And I'm not good enough or smart enough or pretty enough, handsome enough. You know, we lack the skills to self-assess, to introspect, and to get some sort of objective view of who we really are and what is our value to others. So we use our perception of what we believe others may be thinking of us (laughs) to see how we're doing, you know, like who likes me? Why do they like me? To what degree do they like me? How many friends do I have? Are they real friends? What constitutes a great friend? Uh, somebody you could call in the middle of the night because you're broken down on the freeway and they'll put on their shoes and come and get you, you know. What's what's a real friend? So a lot of our behavior then, unfortunately, is about trying to earn the acceptance and the approval of other people. And we'll do that even to the point of betraying ourselves at times not being true to to yourself you know that Shakespeare line from Hamlet to thine own self be true Uh, we'll ignore that and act in ways that we normally wouldn't just to please other people we kind of self-betrayal because if we can get their approval and their acceptance then we can feel good about ourselves like who's ever given me permission to be in charge of my self-image. Whoever told me that it was okay for me to decide how I'm doing, how do you do do that without the ego jumping in, in, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about? The ego jumping out with this button-busting pride and saying, good job. And you say, yeah, but I don't wanna be the ego. I wanna go beyond the ego, because ego is full of fear and and competition and and judgment. And uh, again, that's where the self-loathing comes from, the judgment of the ego. Are you good enough? So, at some point, we have to decide to be The master of our destiny, to be the captain of our ship, and in that sense, the president of your fan club. And that gives you the opportunity to go beyond ego and find something about yourself that is truly lovable. In fact, not only lovable, but the essence of love itself. What if I said to you, without even knowing who you are as an individual, just regardless, as if it were true for everyone, because I think it is, that you have the love you're looking for, the love you've been looking for all your life, the love you tried to earn from your parents and failed so often because our parents think their job is to be critical. That's what a parent is. And they forget that every once in a while they're supposed to say good job i'm really proud of you sometimes they forget to say that what if we could learn to bestow upon ourselves an identity based on the discovery of who we really are and and what we're really for this is where we think of the spiritual unfoldment the the well the the top of the pyramid in Maslow's hierarchy, which he described as self-actualization, and which in spiritual teachings, the study of consciousness, is also referred to as self-realization. It's a different self, you see, than the ego. It's a, a higher sense of self. It's Ramana Maharshi's idea of self. It's uh, the Atman that is Brahman, but nevertheless, Atman, the soul that is both an individual or individuated as it incarnates, and yet grounded in the unity of consciousness, the wholeness of the one life. And that's the mystery of mysticism and the mystery of the mystery school is how is it that the soul can stand in both worlds, the spiritual world, sharing the common ground of the one life and yet incarnated into the material world, appearing to be separate, appearing to be an individual. So there is self-love, which is generally considered to be about our individuality and the ego nature, the personality or persona, which really means mask, by the way. And then self-awareness, which is this higher sense of self as soul, if you will, or as an aspect, uh, a fragment, an element of the one life, above and free of form. Bottom line, self love is self awareness. And self awareness is not self conscious. I want to talk about that. In fact, let me do that now and then we'll do the, the meditation. Self conscious is an odd application of, or, or an odd connotation of conscious or consciousness. To be self aware is to understand why you feel the way you feel, why you think the way you think, why you behave the way you behave, the nature of your relationships. It's like an elevated perspective above thought, feeling, behavior, health, relationships and perspectives in the world. Self-aware is awareness of self, self-conscious, however, <laughs> it's very strange. The primary connotation of self-conscious is almost the opposite of what it would seem to be. Self-conscious is to be overly concerned about what other people think of you. Isn't that strange? It's such an, uh, an odd application uh, of, uh, of the word self-conscious too concerned about what the others think right almost a indication of insecurity and a lack of self-awareness almost the antithesis of self-awareness to be self unaware to be unaware of self would lead to being self-conscious and yet I'm arguing that in every other context, Awareness and consciousness are synonyms, are basically the same word. And thirdly, love, a synonym for consciousness, a synonym for awareness. And how do we define each of those three words? How do we define the intersection of those three words? The absence of otherness. If you've ever been inclined to take notes in this class, This would be something to write down, because for whatever reason, this one is easy to forget. The the egoic nature does not want to know this, and that's another whole class for another occasion, our resistance to this, the fear of ego death, really. Love is the absence of otherness. Consciousness is the absence of separation. Same thing. Awareness is the understanding there's only one of us here. They're all the same thing. There is no other. Now, clearly, as spirit or energy coalesces or condenses into solid form, we get the appearance of separation. But as energy or spirit, think of what you know about energy or fields of energy, electromagnetic fields. There is no separation. You know, there's variation and fluctuation. There's, There's amplitude and frequency. There's modulation, there's inductance, there's capacitance, there's all kinds of qualities for energy. It even has resistance but it doesn't get divided up into bits and pieces until that energy outpictures or manifests a solid form. Then it becomes separate. And so we suffer that delusion. And love then becomes an effort to find a connection, right? To find somebody who'll laugh at our jokes or who wants to spend time with us uh, that warm fuzzy affinity that we have for each other the sweetness of just uh, the endearment of holding hands or hugging much less you know making love and that falling together that merging that joining does it not feel when you fall in love as if separation and otherness vaporizes so that's how self-love is self-awareness and again unfortunately we can't really use the word (laughs) self-conscious because of the strange connotation that makes that almost the opposite of self-awareness but to understand self-love as self-awareness is to understand there is no other there is no such thing as other there is no separation And imagine all of the suffering that would go away if we knew that. Imagine the war and rumors of war that would go away if we knew that. The conflict between people who love each other. Don't we often say the nastiest, most hurtful things to the people we love the most? My goodness, what is that about? It's because we're so strongly invested in believing that love comes from other people and I've got some love that I'll give you. If you've got some love that you'll give me, and it's like a swap or a trade out, I'll give you my bushel of apples if you give me a bushel of corn. Cause I grow apples and you grow corn, so we'll just swap. I'll love you if 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 you love me. That's such a wrong view of love or self-love ask yourself if somebody hands you a puppy and the puppy licks your face and seems so excited and and so in love with you and you feel that love when that puppy licks your face you're hesitant to put the puppy down (laughs) because it feels so good to hold this puppy especially when it is so excited to see you and be with you for what appears to be no reason at all it just loves it would love whoever it was handed to right but don't we presume that the puppy has made some sort of decision about us that we're lovable the puppy loves me and you give the puppy credit just like someone you meet and uh ask for your phone number or you for theirs and you get together for lunch and then you start dating and you end up getting closer and closer and then falling in love and losing. The, don't we give them credit for loving us? That's not at all what's going on. When someone says, I love you, and you feel that soft, melty feeling, it's because you let go of the fear that you're not lovable. But the love you feel is a love that's coming through you and radiating out into the world. And the same is true for your partner, for the person who loves you. Each of you radiating love from within, love that's coming not from you, but more technically through you, for all love is divine. And then we share that in the world and we come together. And that magnetism creates the presence of love in the absence of fear you see it's the absence of fear it's fear that I'm not lovable that prevents us from feeling lovable universe only says yes if you feel inadequate the universe says okay you can be inadequate if you want if you hate yourself I don't like myself when I feel this way universe says okay If that's what you want to grow, if those are the seeds you want to plant, we can do that. We can give you evidence that you should find yourself disgusting. We can generate that like a self-fulfilling prophecy. But if you understand that the promise of love, whether from a puppy or another beautiful human being, allows us to drop our fear of being unlovable. And then the love that was always there, it's like the dam breaks. And here it comes, whooshing out into the world. You're not only more in love with the person who is an object of your love, you become more in love with everything. Everything, everything. It's a beautiful day, right? Colors are brighter. You forget to eat. Everything is happy, happy, joy, joy. As we become fearless, somebody sent me an email this week. They said they read, this is sort of a tribute to my book, Fearless Intelligence. They thanked me for the book and said they read that fearlessness is another word for nirvana. That's it. Fearlessness is happiness and joy and peace and contentment and, and fulfillment in the sense that there is no other were branches of the same tree, individual branch. I'm not that branch, I'm not that branch, you know, or I'm not this apple or I'm not that apple, but I am the tree as well. And to resolve that paradox of the one in the many is a central part of what mysticism and perennialism is all about. Let's do a meditation. Close your eyes. Feel the chair, or the furniture supporting you, the floor, the bed. And as you begin to exhale that breath just as slowly, open your eyes now. Wide awake. Back in the room. Feeling fine. Rested. Refreshed. Eyes open. Wide awake. Better than before. Wide awake feeling better than before, rested and refreshed. A couple of more slow deep breaths is a good idea here. Sort of reverse the order. Usually I do 10 minutes and then 20 minutes of meditation and then 30 minutes of instruction. I sort of turn the class on its head, uh, ending with the meditation. It feels to me now as if uh, anything that I would add would sort of be redundant. But I have a 10-session series called The Fly Program that I probably should talk about more often. I'm just loath to self-promotion, and, and yet it's not me that I'm promoting, it's you. The Fly Program fly stands for feeling like yourself and again there's there's 10 sessions and six or seven of them have these practical uh, portable tools embedded within them a tool set that you'll use forever hopefully you'll use this technique forever (laughs) how many times do you think you can go back to that place of perfect peace and use it as an antidote for sadness and depression or, you know, some difficulty that you're having. Maybe you just feel sick, physically ill, though that's usually accompanied by some sort of sadness or unhappiness. And so much of it, whether you realize it or not, is aggravated by feeling alone and alienated and and lonely lonely did a whole class on loneliness a few weeks ago it's not what it appears to be we all know that we can be lonely in a crowd that we can have many friends that you know you flip through your contact list on your phone or computer and look at all these people we know many of them friends we could call and You could even be in a, in a party with 20 or 30 people there and, you know, a dinner party or something and still feel lonely or separated. This is a, a a malaise that we all suffer, not because we're truly lonely, but because we have bought into this alienation. We identify with the body we feel separate. We have the appearance of being separate. We feel misunderstood because we don't understand ourselves. So how could anybody else understand us? And yet we reach out for comfort because we don't know what else to do. Well, this is what else you do. You learn to love yourself, but you have to sidestep the ego Jumping out and taking credit for it—that's not the self. <laughs> That's not the self you want. To love. Oh, aren't I smart? Aren't I successful? Aren't I rich and powerful? Uh, aren't I able to uh, intimidate other people, to get leverage over them, to bully them, to get what I want? To to find the leverage. No, That leads to narcissism, malignant narcissism, sociopathy, psychopathy. That's what that is. Lying, cheating, stealing, and cruelty to me are the four qualities of most politicians and successful people. Not all, but some people who are successful because they're kind and loving and talented and innovative and for all the right reasons they become very successful but there are those who seek success only in appearance which is money and uh selfishness self-centeredness and uh competitiveness and superiority and uh power in the in the gross sense of power over rather than power shared you know the difference you know what i'm talking about now is the perfect time to discover the truth of who you are you are love not only do you have the love you're looking for you are the love that you're looking for. Love is the only thing that's true. Love is the only thing that's real. Of course you love yourself. Not the separate self, the egoic self, this physical thing, but the self that realizes it stands between the one and the many. We are both. we, We are the apple, we are the branch, but we're also the tree. We're the tree, but we're also the forest. We're the forest, but we're also the planet's ecosystem. We're the planet, but we're also the solar system. We're the solar system, but we're also the galaxy. We're the galaxy, but we're also the universe. Don't you see? We are the ocean.